It's time for Honest Reflection in Youth Ministry. Whether you are 19 and are just getting started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope this weekly dose of honesty and humor helps. Welcome to After Nine, the most honest conversation in youth ministry. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 98 of After Nine with our good friend Greg Steer. This episode is timely. I hope you're listening to this before September 23rd because Greg's got special announcements and an invitation for you to participate in a huge youth ministry event September 23rd. So before we jump into the interview, thanks for listening. If you haven't had a chance, please go to iTunes or Google Play or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Chad and Kristen really appreciate it when you do. Also, after9.show slash contest if you want to win some free books like Greg Steer's Gospel Eyes. Anyway, I'll catch you at the end. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this interview with Greg Steer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 98 of After 9 with one of our favorite people. And there's a lot of youth ministry leaders in the world, but there are none quite like my good friend here, Greg Steer, when it comes to evangelism. You probably know him better as Mr. Dare to Share. And so if you've ever been involved in some kind of excellent youth ministry evangelism training or event, this guy's probably had his fingerprint on it. So uh, let's say hello and welcome to our good friend Greg Steer on the podcast today. Greg, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Zach. Thanks for letting me on the show. Oh, man, we are so glad to have you because not only is it exciting to have you here just to talk youth ministry, to talk evangelism, but it's also great because this Saturday, so if you're listening to this in September, September 23rd is a giant, ginormous training simulcast for almost 70 locations for Dare to Share folks, the people we're going to talk about at the end, how you can get signed up and get your youth ministry students equipped and engaged to share their faith. Evangelism event you will not want to miss on September 23rd. So we're catching up with Greg now. So Greg, uh, why in the world the youth ministry? I mean, you seem like a sharp guy, well-dressed, fun to talk to. Why in the world are you involved in youth ministry with kind of like the sum of your career? Like, how did you get involved in this thing called youth ministry? You know, I tell you, my whole family, my whole life was transformed by a, a rockin' youth ministry okay. in the suburbs of Denver. I I, uh, I don't come from a typical religious church-going, pew-sitting Hymn singing family. My family were a bunch of bodybuilding, tobacco chewing, beer drinking thugs. Okay, you know, okay. <laughs> that's just the women. I mean, it was a it was a tough family. I, kind of a sons of anarchy kind of family. Okay. You know, my family just was in and out of jail. They were always fighting. On Friday night, mom would say, "You want to go watch cops?" I'm like, "Yeah." So we would literally follow cop cars to the scenes of the crime in our neighborhood. So we were our version of watching cops predates the television show. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'm actually being totally serious. My family was just very violent, very okay. angry. The Denver Mafia knew my uncles as the crazy brothers. So okay. when the Mafia thinks your family's dysfunctional. It paints a little different picture. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, and I wasn't a tough kid. I was just a scared little kid. I was scared of my family. Mm. I was scared of my neighbors because it was a high crime area. And I was confused. Uh, you know, how did I get into this crazy family. I was a one night stand, so I never knew my biological father. My mom was the only girl. She had five bodybuilding brothers and she was tough as nails. And so it was just a crazy, crazy upbringing. Mm. And this preacher from the suburbs who spoke with a Southern drawl and who for some reason, his nickname was Yankee. This sounds totally made up. (laughs) His nickname was Yankee. This is a cartoon happening. It's happening right here. (laughs) On a dare from a guy named Bob Daly 
leads the toughest one of my uncles to Christ, my uncle wow. Jack, who'd been in and out of jail his whole life. Well, Jack came to Christ, you know, Yankee explains the gospel. He said, does that make sense? He goes, hell yeah, that was a sinner's prayer. Hell yeah. <laughs> he trusted in Jesus. And then my family felt like steroid-filled dominoes after that, one by one by wow. one. My aunts came to Christ. My aunts came to Christ. Um, we got involved in this youth ministry uh, that had 800 students in it. Yankee, uh, only he was a pastor. He had 300 adults in his church. He had 800 students in his youth ministry because he believed the fastest way to reach a city for Christ was through the teenagers. Yeah, yeah. He always said teens come to Christ quicker. They spread the gospel faster. So he trained them and equipped us. And I got involved in youth ministry. I was trained and equipped to share my faith when I was 11 or 12 years old and for three years shared the gospel with my mom. And she never thought God could forgive her. But when Mm -hmm. I was 15 years old at our kitchen table, I got to lead her to Christ. So I saw her life totally transformed. So my whole family was radically transformed by youth ministry. So when Mm -hmm. I speak or preach, sometimes I look insane because I'm so intense. My wife thinks the veins on my neck are going to (laughs) burst. But it's just because I'm serious. I mean, this is no joke. And we got a lot of great things going on in youth ministry we don't have enough great things when it comes to making and multiplying disciples. We're losing this next generation. And I really believe if youth leaders add to their already good youth ministry strategies, mm. evangelism training and equipping and disciple multiplication and all led and drenched with intercessory prayer, we can see our youth ministries just like Yankee. We can mm. see our youth ministries blow up mm. and reach entire communities for Christ. Mm. So to me, I joke around a lot, but this ain't no joke. Yeah. Uh, it changed my life. And I was a preaching pastor for 10 years and church planner and all that. And I used that as a stepping stone to get back into youth ministry because uh, I just believe that teens, again, come to Christ quicker. They yeah. spread the gospel faster. We need adult, good adult ministries. We need church plants. But we need youth leaders to rise up and unleash and mobilize their students for the gospel. We need mm. them to do it now, mm. not later, now. Mm. I love that you shared that you use preaching and teaching pastors as a stepping stone to get back in youth ministry because everybody else is going the other way, right? They see this youth ministry thing as kind of this stopgap calling to get into what it means to be a you know lead or senior or teaching pastor and to hear your passion and fervor for to reaching the young people. I mean, I think so many folks like see youth ministry as this training ground for both young people and for youth ministers when in all reality, it may be the like seedbed for the actual revival because all the adults are already settled into whatever they're going to do. That's strong. That's strong. Well, and you know, every, I mean, we need solid adult ministries. And here's what I say is it's okay if you move on from being a youth pastor to being a preaching pastor, but you can get into youth ministry and get out. But once youth ministry gets into you, you never never get out, even if, even if you change your role. So I know a lot of senior pastors who are youth pastors with senior pastor clothes on. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Youth pastors with authority and a budget. (laughs) That bought a tie. (laughs) Yeah, and they clear the path. They yeah. clear the path for effective youth ministry. Mm. And so we need pastors who have a heart for youth ministry. Yeah. But we need youth leaders to do youth ministry, I think, with this purpose and mm. this mission. And we don't have to guess what it is. It's to make disciples of all nations. Jesus mm. gave us our mission statement. The problem is we're not getting there because we're so busy running meetings. Yeah. We don't have time for the mission. Right. And so that's what Dare to Share is all about. We're about to call us back to that that mission of reaching every teen with the gospels. Mm. Mm. Anyway, and we want to help, we want to help youth leaders get there. That's our plan. Not that dare to share is going to do it. Our mission is energizing the church to mobilize youth 
to gospelize their world. That's so good. it's the church is going to do it. Church is God's plan A. There's no plan B. That's good. Well, let me help you a little bit because that's I think it's a really powerful testimony of your story. But give give us some more of, of of youth ministry, maybe the way in which you've seen it played out. But is there like a particular or kind of like foundational favorite youth ministry moment where you were like, yes, this is it. This like, what what has been something that's reaffirmed that that kind of calling that like this this is it, it is the young people, it is the youth that are going to bring about the revival. Like give us give us an episode or a kernel or a thing that helps kind of ground you. Uh, in this like calling of youth ministry? So for me, it happened on April 20th, 1999. I was a church planner. I was running Dare to Share on the side. Okay. Pastor church. At that point, we were, you know, it was going pretty good, over a thousand people, a lot yeah. of new conversion growth. Things were rocking. It was going in the right direction. Dare to Share was going on the side and it was going well. And then the Columbine High School shooting took place mm-hmm. on April 20th, 1999. And my wife's a public school teacher in the same district mm. at Columbine. And I knew a lot of the kids at Columbine High School. So God used that uh, you know, tragedy to call me out um, from being a youth leader full-time to do Dare to Share. Now, I don't know if you can hear this. Yeah, yeah. This is my phone, and it's 923. It goes off at 923 every morning. I don't know if that's a familiar song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Living on a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> and I stop and I pray no matter what I'm doing mm. for revival on September 23rd. Do you mind if we pray right now? Let's pray right now. Father, I just pray. We just pray for revival on September 23rd. Lord, this Saturday, I pray, God, that you would uh, bring 50,000 students to these 69 locations, that you would help the technology to work astoundingly well, the app to work astoundingly well, and the students to be inspired and equipped and unleashed for the gospel in a powerful way. And I pray, God, that you would use that time to trigger a national revival for your glory. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Zach, I would say Columbine was the big turning point for okay. me. Yeah. I, uh, resigned soon after yeah. from the church to do Dare to Share full-time. Mm. And um, my mission is there's one billion teens Mm. Uh, on the planet. We want every teen everywhere hearing the gospel from a friend, and we want to do that through the church. We want to help the church accomplish the mission mm. that I think is down deep in the heart of every youth leader worth their salt. Yeah. And they will see every teen in their I have not met many youth leaders who really don't want to see every teen in their community hear the gospel. Right. I mean, down deep inside, that's what they want. They just caught get they get caught up in the grind. Okay. Uh, day in and day out and get your receipts and What's the next game? What's the next program? What's, right, the, next right. What's the next teaching series? What's the next yeah. thing I need to do? And and you have to do that, but you got to keep that mission front and center. And everything you do has got to be gospelized. Everything. Do, do, you, so, do you think it's an inspiration uh, motivation issue? Do you think it's a, a clarity of vision? From when, when you're working with the other youth ministers, like – I don't think anybody, like you said, would disagree with the statement, I want more students following Jesus in my community, in, in our high schools, in our middle schools. Like, What is the, what is the separation between the, the work I have to do Sunday to Sunday and the big picture? Is, is it a lack of strategy? Is it a lack of, of energy? Like, What do, what do you think is the disconnect? <clears throat> I think there's a couple of things. I think it is a matter of inspiration. We got to keep inspired with this, mm. but it's also a matter of 
um, we need we need systemic change. And so I think what what happens is we we don't have the right ingredients in youth ministry. We've okay. received a youth ministry box okay. that's okay. got cool stuff in it. Yeah. It's got a worship stuff in it. It's got a self-image talk in it. A it's free got t-shirt. <laughs> free t-shirt. It's got a dodgeball. Yeah. Well it's got a pizza. Um, a lot of good stuff. I'm not a guy that says dump the box, burn the box, and start all over again. Mm. But we need to create room in the box for the values and ingredients that matter the most. Mm. So let me give you an example. Yeah. 2013, we did a massive research project. We found seven values okay. that were in every high-performing youth ministry that were seeing 25% new conversion growth per year or more. And we cross-checked them all with the Book of Acts. And what shocked us is how blatant they are all over the Book of Acts and how blatant it's not in that youth ministry box. Mm. So the first one is intercessory prayer. Okay. Um, the youth ministries that were producing the most were praying for the lost the most. Okay. That should shock us or surprise us. Uh, but we spend more time in announcements yep. than in history prayer. Yeah. Um, number two, relational evangelism drives it. So teens were equipped to articulate the gospel, not just bring their friends out to youth group. Uh, right now we have what, what I call a coach, a quarterback, not a coach approach. We tell, hey, kids, bring your friends out. Yeah, watch yeah. me throw the touchdown pass instead of me coaching you. Mm, to go play. To, to, to go play. Now, I, I don't think it's got to be either or. You can do both those. Three, leaders fully embrace and model it. So our student leaders and adult leaders are modeling intercessory prayer and evangelism. A disciple multiplication strategy guides it. A bold vision focuses it. Biblical outcomes measure it. And ongoing programs reflect it. Okay. Those are the seven values the we seven. saw. I actually... We have a we uh, I wrote a book called Gospelize Your Youth Ministry based on those seven values, and we have a website, gospeladvancing.com, where youth leaders can go and literally take a diagnostic and evaluate okay. how they're doing on those seven values, and it'll send them back a report. There's also 12 training videos they can go through that will equip them to implement those values into the context of the youth ministry. Mm. So it's not a dare-to-share thing. This is a book of acts thing. Okay, okay. And so – you get that, and then the evangelism training is a tactic. We can train you how to show your faith. Yeah, you know, yeah. the strategy. We need. We need to. We need to not just train students how to chuck seeds. We'll be doing that at Dare to Share Live. It's great. It's needed, but train youth leaders how to build greenhouses okay. so those seeds multiply. That's good. And that's what that's what we want to help with. So we're not saying change your model. Yeah. Saying keep your model. Just spackle the cracks with these ingredients. Okay. So that you have. All this thing, all these things are happening. Okay, so maybe, maybe it's almost the maybe the stuff that you're doing is probably good stuff, but the the pieces are not covering all the holes. <laughs> that there exactly. is there, there is there is some drift in between the what we're doing and the why we're doing it, and so that inspiration and strategy piece to help kind of knit back together. So it's, totally. it's, it's the fragmented view. Okay, excellent, yeah. excellent. Okay. So if you get a chance, gospeladvancing.com has got all that stuff. Or our goal is yeah. Goal is for youth leaders to kind of develop this mindset and for it to spill over churchwide hmm. so that we're seeing youth leaders li- literally create change throughout the entire church. And quite honestly, we're seeing that happen. Yeah. And a lot of it's because of these youth leaders that end up becoming senior pastors. They carry that, that, those values in, yeah. into the rhythm. And, and then they, they demand that of the youth ministry as well, as hmm. well as the church. Hmm. And so. Yeah, it is. We're trying to we're trying to see systemic transformation happen, not just another rally event. How do we how do we 
you know, have the sizzle of a dare to share live, but with the stake yeah. of gospel ministry. That's good. Okay. I got to ask you a question and we ask all of our guests this because we know that ministry is hard. Youth ministry, especially there is a lot of investment and there's a lot of, uh, change and happening and formation in the lives of young people. And they also have parents and we have volunteers and staff that we work with. Was there ever a time in your serving and doing, and maybe even in this chapter of full-time dare to share that you were like, you know, I'm done. Like I, I, I'm all, I, I just, I'm at the point where I want to turn the keys back in and want to hang up the lanyard and just say, maybe, maybe our time here is done. You didn't quit, but you almost quit. Yeah, you know, I let me just I'll just share your story. Okay? okay, okay. Stories are good. So <laughs> five years into the church, six years in oh no, four years into my marriage. My marriage was a mess. I was doing dare to share on the side. I was pastor at a church. I was gone every weekend, almost every night. My wife, who is very patient. Had had enough. Mm. And one night on the way to a Bible study, we got into a raging argument. Mm. And I'm like, well, put on a happy face. We got to go in, mm. you know. So we go in, we're sitting there. And the guy who's the associate, I wasn't leading the Bible study, thank the Lord. But the associate, Pastor Green, he was leading it. And he's like, you know, tonight, instead of the Bible study, let's just go around the room and get real. I'm like, <laughs> get real. So get out of here. <laughs> he gets around to me and hasn't asked my wife yet how's it going pastor steer and again i'm the lead pastor at the church you know yeah. i'm the preacher pastor here mm. doing dare to share and i'm like you know it's been it's been a tough you know because i'm gone a lot and pray for me i'm spinning it like trump you know i'm i'm just spinning you know i'm you just yeah. here there and everywhere deflect 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 deflect, <laughs> deflect, deflect. and so it gets to my wife. She goes, he goes, how's it going, Debbie? She goes, not good. And everybody looks up. She goes, I'm tired of faking it. My husband's a jerk. He's got nothing left for me at home. He's gone every weekend, gone every night. And she doesn't, I mean, she's very quiet, very shy, very part, like the most loving person you'll ever meet. Yeah. Snapped. And everybody thinks it's a skit. I go, you want to do this right here in front of God and everyone? Well, let's get it on. And so we start going at it. They think it's a drama. It's not a drama. And it is unfolding as I am unraveling. Mm -hmm. And then Pastor Green, who'd been ticking me off in staff meeting anyway over other stuff, starts coming at me like, you think you're that dare to share guy? You think you're that with pastor in this church? And you, mm -hmm. if you don't take care of business at home, you're nothing. I go, yeah, you may be right, but I'm going to kick your butt right now. What do you think of that? And I charge him. I literally charge across the room. And the Holy Spirit does a one-inch Bruce Lee power punch to my chest. And I end up collapsing on the ground, realizing he's right and she's right. And I cried for like, like 30 minutes, which led to a totally awkward moment. Like people didn't know if we call an exorcist or do we call the Catholic priest down the street? Because this is our pastor. Right. And I'm going to say I almost quit there to share. I just felt like I almost quit life right life, there. I mean, yeah. I was unraveled. And I'm so glad that happened. It was so humiliating, but it saved my marriage mm. because now everybody knew. Yeah. The, the cat was out of the bag. The jerk was out of the bag, right? Yeah. I tied it into my Sunday morning sermon. Perhaps you've heard about my meltdown uh, through the prayer chain, and they all had. And 
everybody surrounded my wife and I and restored us. And yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying everything's perfect in our marriage. There's two kinds of marriages. There's waltzes and there's tangos. The waltzes are the beautiful ones, the old people that shuffle down the street holding hands. And then there's a tango. You lead, no, I lead, no, kiss me, no, dance, you know. We're a tango, uh, but it's working. And uh, uh, right, but back then we weren't dancing at all. Now, you know, I mean, it's, that was 22 years ago, Mm. but that was one of those points where it really, you know, could have gone either way. I mean, obviously my encouragement to everybody listening to that is this, is, you know, you can be so busy doing ministry that you, you're not doing ministry. You're, you're going through the motions Mm. and. You know, if you're not loving your wife and you're not, you know, leading your kids and not investing in your own spiritual walk, you're so busy leading people to Christ, making multiplying disciples, then, yeah. you know, it's like love. First Corinthians 13. I don't have love. I'm, I'm a resounding gong, banging cymbal. It's nothing. You know, so we got we got to be fueled by love. And again, not that we got to be perfect. I mess up all the time, mm-hmm. but I fess up all the time and mm-hmm. I get it fixed all the time. Mm-hmm. So. That's good, man. That's good. All right, so big event coming up this weekend, and you've had probably countless of other um, live events and sermons and youth group activities. A lot of folks want to know this because I feel like this is the way that we identify with each other as other youth ministers. We call this our after nine question. So for a lot of our youth ministers that are listening, they're they're locking up on a Wednesday. They're finishing up on a Sunday, getting that last kid who's always the one kind of lagging around out the door, uh, waving bye to the volunteer who just wants to hang out and chat a little bit more. Where do you go? What's what's the post like event or group or meeting kind of energy for you? Do you need to go like be alone somewhere and just kind of recuperate? Do you like start asking all the questions and processing like externally? Do you, do you journal? Do you like immediately call your wife or have like, like a support group? You're like, how did it go? What do you think? Like, where does your headspace go? What are the questions you ask immediately after these kind of like big kind of rush and wave moments? Okay. This, I feel so unspiritual. I go to village Inn and I get a corned beef hash and okay. eggs <laughs> with ketchup and a vanilla shake and a large diet coke and okay. i just eat it just eat it and okay that's what i do <laughs> it's that's what i do i mean yeah and then i ask all sorts of in-depth questions okay. and all that stuff but so, that, I go, so saturday night I go, after the after I go the event eat. okay go, I go eat go eat okay <laughs> we lo- we all load the truck no matter that's kind of one of the things with dare to share for 25 years we've been doing conferences if you're too big to load the truck then welcome to your one and only Dare to Share tour. Okay. Uh, okay. We all load the truck, and then then I go manjana. Okay. Okay. So, go eat. <laughs> I love it. Well, so when Chad and I started the podcast, that was one of the jokes that we had is that we felt like we were successful um, whenever we would like call each other because the the phone the podcast started as phone calls from Chad and I on Wednesday nights after nine, and so the question we always asked was did you go to Taco Bell tonight? And it was, you'd go to Taco Bell because you'd have like the guilt food of like, God, tonight was tough and stupid kids. Or we, we said, and so Chalupa, Chalupa spike became the hashtag. We were like putting down the greasy food. We'd go buy a Chalupa and we'd spike it in the yard. Cause it was a great night. And so, all right. So the corn nice. beef fast. So village in <laughs> tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if tonight was a win, then Greg Steer will see you at village in. <laughs> 
That's exactly right. Oh, that's good. That's good. I also love, that's good to know about your team, that if you want to help out on the team, uh, you better be uh, getting the gloves and the back brace because you're loading and unloading the truck because everybody on the Dare to Share team is doing that. Okay. Uh, Greg, take us back, and maybe for our listeners, uh, this is something helpful to know because you've been involved in youth ministry for a long time. What is something you would tell your first year youth ministry self? Time machine, driving the DeLorean back. Like, what is something you would tell your first year self that maybe only you could convince your first year self? You know, that's an easy one. Okay. It, would be, <laughs> it would be to pray. Okay. Make prayer mm. your number one ministry priority. Mm. That That's part of your job description to mm. get away and pray. Intercessory prayer, prayer for your own personal strength, prayer for the ministry, prayer for your family, prayer for your youth group, prayer for your church, prayer for revival. Pray for the lost, intercessory prayer. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I discovered this in 2008. I feel like for 40 years I was throwing dirt clods at Satan, mm-hmm. and I discovered there's a bazooka in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. say hello to my little friend. You know, I mean, we gotta we gotta break out intercessory prayer, mm-hmm. and it's it's our biggest weapon. It mm-hmm. taps into the power of the Trinity and brings to bear the hand of God in everything we do. So pray first, pray consistently, uh, pray um, passionately and, and pray for, for others. We pray for, and, that's, and I think that's one of the things that, that youth ministers don't hear enough is that, yeah, we pray for our ministry. God do a thing. God move. Um, but what you're encouraging us to do after our listeners hear this is to pray on behalf, to intercede for the students that you want to see God move in their life, to pray on behalf for the leaders that you want to lead in a way that challenge students to do more than they currently are doing. And pray for the the staff leaders, pray for your fellow staff leaders that they would see and value what it means to be relationally um, evangelical and what they're about. The evangelism of other staff leaders would be a priority for them as well. So the whole church could get behind it. And it wasn't just the youth ministry taking shots in the dark. <laughs> That's good, man. That's so, good. you know, it's so, it's so important because I know uh, that word uh, intercession, this is part of what my talk is going to be about on Saturday. Okay. The whole theme is prayer, care, share. Let's go pray. Let's go care. Let's go share. And we're going to talk about Jesus when he got away to pray. He literally was escaped ministry opportunities to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Then he would care. He would touch the lepers. Mm. He would, you know, uh, cast out demons. He would feed the hungry and then he would share. Mm. And so we're going to talk about, uh, I'm personally talking about prayer. Prop's going to talk, propaganda is going to be talking about what it means to care. Mm. And Zane Black's going to be talking about what it means to share, share and train students how to do it. But uh, on the prayer side, the intercession comes from two Latin words that literally mean I go between. Mm. And so it's going between somebody else and the danger they're facing. Mm. It's, it's a go between. Um, it's like when you see two people in a fight and you push them apart you're interceding Mm -hmm. and we we need to intercede on behalf of others and that danger that you know that you know for most people that don't know christ that danger is easy to figure out it's a crisis eternity yeah it's it's living you know an eternal life without hell and going through hell on this planet as Mm -hmm. well Mm -hmm. and so 
praying for the lost, praying for each other. You know, so, so important. Greg, give us some big picture stuff about what Dare to Share is all about and help us zoom in for this September 23rd event here in 2017 that it's still not too late to get signed up for, to participate in, and just kind of the ways in which Dare to Share is equipping youth ministries in churches to help their students and leaders evangelize. So we have three strategic pillars that we're about. Okay. Uh, dare, Dare to lead, dare to reach, and dare to grow. Dare to lead a transformation of youth ministry. That's the seven values I was talking about, uh, gospeladvancing.com. I wrote a book, Gospelize Your Youth Ministry, and it's all about how do we change the system of youth ministry? How do we spackle the cracks of our current model with these ingredients, these values that are so biblical and so necessary? Mm. Then dare to the next one is dare to reach a generation through a generation. And so we have apps, a dare to share app that will train students how to share their faith. But that's also Dare to Share Live. And what's really cool about this Saturday event, it is a live event. So it's a 9 a.m. West Coast start, a noon East Coast start. Uh, There'll be a Dare to Share Live app where teenagers can talk to each other. So because they're getting the same training at the same time. Mm. There's live MCs in every room and live worship bands in every room. That's cool. So it's not just a bunch of kids sitting around watching a live stream. There's worship in every room. And these live MCs have been trained by us. How to how do you train kind of the dare to share way? Yeah. And then everybody goes out to collect canned food for local rescue missions and share the gospel mm-hmm. at the same time. On the Dare to Share Live app, there are gospel conversation starting videos and still pictures mm-hmm. that students can upload to their friends and their feed mm-hmm. to create online gospel conversations. Awesome. Uh, and then we'll come back for a national prayer and praise party. So just go to daretoshare.live.org okay. now. I mean, right now, like, daretoshare.live.org. Click it. Like, it's in the show notes on your app right now. Do it. <laughs> yeah, the number two, daretoshare.live.org. Find the city closest to you. Click on there and sign your students up. Be a part of it. I mean, this. I'm praying that, and I'm believing this is going to be a historic event that youth leaders who don't show are going to kick themselves and say, man, I should have brought some kids yeah. to this thing. So. Come to the closest one next year. Uh, be a part of it. Um, and pray at 923 with us for revival on September 23rd between now and, and this Saturday. And then so we have Dare to Dare to Lead, Dare to Reach, and Dare to Grow, a movement of multipliers. Mm. We do a full week training in the summers called Lead the Cause, which is our Navy SEALs boot camp for students okay. and leaders. And it really trains them how to multiply this in their own community. Mm. Uh, We do one in Washington, D.C., in Chicago, Denver, Austin, Texas, and Los Angeles. Great. And so really, it's not a camp. It's it's a boot camp. It's a boot camp. It's not not fun camp. It's training camp. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, um, it's like a mission strip because we reach out into the city yeah. and we train your students in intercessory prayer mm. and every leader leaves with their own personalized, customized plan. And so does every student. That's so good. it's a power, power week. So anyway, but hopefully we'll see all of you at uh, Dare to Share Live. Sat- uh, this Saturday, day. September 23rd, 2017. If you are listening any day before that, you have got to check it out. Greg, thank you for sharing so much. Um, so big thing this weekend, what's kind of next on the horizon? If folks are happening to listen to this episode after September 23rd, 2017, what's kind of the next thing they should be looking for resources to tap into on the horizon for, for both you and dare to share. Yeah. So I'll be uh, preaching at uh, youth specialties, doing some trainings there as well as the youth leader summit. So we'll be doing, um, 
speaking at all those, excited about that. Uh, and uh, we're, we're um, going to be really cranking out some really cool curriculum and books in the next 12 months. So I'll just keep an eye on Dare to Share. Super. Uh, one, that, one book that will tie in with that story that I shared about my, my marriage meltdown is going to be a fable book about a youth leader whose okay. marriage is falling apart okay. and how building a gospel advancing ministry actually gives him time to invest in his family. Awesome. So awesome. all sorts of stuff coming up. Awesome. Well, Greg, thank you for sharing today. If folks want to get connected with you on the social medias, uh, what are the best places to find you, to connect with you um, on on the interwebs? I'm just at Greg Steer, S-T-I-E-R. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, all that stuff, but at Greg Steer, S-T-I-E-R, I I before you. All right, listeners, thank you so much for checking in this episode of After 9. All the links will be in the show notes below for after9.show slash 98 when you can get all the stuff about Dare to Share Live, which is September 23rd, 2017. Connect with Greg and all the things that are happening in the Dare to Share movement and ways in which you can equip your students to be about evangelizing their friends. This is for you to help your students. And I, Greg, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. Hey, one other quick thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Google September 23rd, and there's a bunch of apocalypse people saying it's going to be the last <laughs> this day. <could> be, <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. We, yes. So let's go out swinging. Let's get right. your tickets for Dare to Share Live, and let's all go out swinging. This could it's very well be, be not only the greatest youth ministry event, it could also be the last youth ministry event. So if you are listening to this before September 23rd, uh, 2017, and you're not signed up for Dare to Share Live, make sure you do so, because it might be your last chance to take your kids to any kind of youth ministry event ever. And, you know, if we're going to live on the other side of some kind of crazy world-ending apocalypse and Planet X hitting our planet, we at least want to be caught sharing our faith. If the thief in the night is coming Saturday, September 23rd, Make sure you're at the right place. Well, Greg, thank you so much for which we'd all been ready. (laughs) Greg, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been great talking with you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to After Nine. To continue the conversation, find us on Twitter or Facebook at After Nine Ministry, or visit www.afternineministry.com to subscribe and learn more. That just happened to go off right there. No, that's timely. We're keeping that. That'll be at the end of the episode. That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> bon, bon Jovi cuts and all. That's good. Okay. That's right. And at 9.23 p.m., it's To Hell with the Devil by Striper. So. Yes. <laughs> as well it should be.